welcome to the Nerd Party. home and welcome this is second contact my name is charlene schmidt and with me as always my fantastic and lovely co-host tristan riddell tristan riddell it is good to see you for another episode of lower decks another jam-packed lower decks at that you think this is going to be the pace for the rest of the season going forward my goodness yeah this one doesn't really let up like there's no there's no real moments of contemplation there's there's a few conversations where we kind of slow things down but there's so many different storylines going on at once it's pretty crazy if i recall correctly we have an a b and c story in this episode and it's 25 minutes long and kind of a d like if you think about it because you have you have uh, Tindy and Beckett going on the mission. Mm-hmm. You have Rutherford trying to figure out what happened to Shax. You have okay. Boimler who can't get through the ship because he's not recognized. And you have Tom Paris visiting the bridge. Dang, so, you're right. I mean, the Boimler one is is tied to the Tom Paris one, but they're very separate until the end. This is very true. So you know what? I am going with you. your methodology. There's actually four some bigger than others, some more important than others, and nevertheless, all a part of this whole thing that is just nonstop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're going to go uh, very quickly in these 25 minutes, and we'll pack in as much as we can, as always. And if you are new to the show, what we're doing is a live commentary as we're watching the Star Trek Lower Decks episode, season two, episode three. We'll always have Tom Paris, possibly the best episode title ever. I just want to put that out now. Yes. And we go past the rating, warning, Paramount Plus logo, blah, 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 whatever it is, blank screen, and then we hit play. So if you want to sync up with us, that's what you need to do. You'll see TV 14, hit pause, and then we'll go three, two, one, play, and then you hit play. You'll see CBS Productions, and then... Right. We'll start talking. Then you're right on board with us. And if not, if you're just listening into your car or if you're on the metro or what have you, it's okay. We'll try to entertain you nevertheless. Yeah. As long as you've seen it once, you'll be fine. That's right. If you know, you know. All right. All right. Are you ready? ready? I'm, I'm so ready. I am so super stoked because as Voyager fans, this, I mean, hello. Based on the episode title alone, we got some Voyager stuff. Woohoo. All right. How about you do the countdown? All right. Let's get going. Three, two, one, play. (laughs) So right off the bat, I mean, we're reintroducing Boimler and, and showing that he is back. Yes, indeed. What is pupusa? You know what? It's a Mexican dish, but I've never had it. So with apologies to all of my fellow Angelinos, I don't know. Okay, because so, they often have um, Mexican food. Yeah, it's kind of a thing. This, it's kind of a thing, right? Absolutely. Is it because they're the California? like <laughs> 100%. A California it's, class? Yes, yes. I'm going to look up what a pupusa is after we're done doing this. And you know what? Maybe I'll just get one tonight if there's a vegetarian way to do that. Because we usually get takeout. It's usually going to be Mexican. I might get a pupusa. Just saying. 
We are absolutely doing sci-fi stuff today, Mariner. <laughs> okay, I straight up want to try this hot dog with spicy kiwi sauce. I would try it. I would absolutely try it. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it'll work, but maybe it's really surprisingly good. Right? Okay, and I this this is one of the things that I think is really great. And this is this is one of the show this is one of the reasons why this show works so well and why we're drawn to the show is because they're lower decks. They don't let you forget that they're lower decks, <laughs> but with Shaq's coming back, you know, like we've in every single show, every single Star Trek show, somebody has come back from the dead and it makes you wonder, <laughs> like, did they have a briefing? You know, did, did, the, did the captain make a shipwide announcement? Are they just letting it go through the grapevine? You know, are they yeah. just only cut, telling the senior staff, you know, what's what's going on? It sounds like a senior staff thing, unless it's a fairly... Like you can't hold it back kind of an announcement where too many people saw the truth has to come out. I love that they're addressing this head on because it is a regular Star Trek occurrence and maybe not even just Star Trek. Maybe it's a sci-fi thing, but Star Trek is definitely no stranger to beloved characters coming back. We get the roll call list a little bit later of all the ways beloved characters have come back. So this was a total shock, though. I was not at all expecting Shax to come back. Well, some, from some of the promotional material and stills, we've seen Shax like hidden in the background where we see like the back of his head or the back of his outfit and everything like that. And everyone thought it would just kind of be like a flashback or a dream. Uh, I don't think anybody really thought that he would just be brought back full time. I'm glad that he is brought back full time <laughs> because Same. not only is it funny and it's entirely meta, he's a great character and I want to see him again. Absolutely. Plus, it brings up this whole storyline where they are examining a Star Trek trope, and that's something this show does oh so well. I'm, I'm now, very Now, you're excited. a cat person, Char. Yes, I am. I have so, two of them. what's going on here? Well, initially, I thought, is she in heat? And maybe this is the Cation's version of that. Like, later on, they're talking about how it's like the Pon Far. So maybe it's mating season for her, her pheromones, her hormones, they're all going just a little bit crazy, and she needs some comforts to get through that. Not quite a fight now, to the death, but the Cajun my, version. My now, mother did you get the Tom Harris plates. plate? No, I didn't no, I didn't I didn't get the plates. Did you? You didn't you no, know, I didn't you know what? I have one collectible plate from Star Trek, and it was from you. Remember that? I wait, was it the lizard one? No, no. I what do was not it? I can't remember. One. What did I that send might you? Be, you sent me the collector's plate from Voyager's Life Signs, and it's got Dinara Pell on it and the Doctor. And I have it in my Star Trek collection. I'll have to, I'll have I, to put it out and take a photo. Yeah, you'll need to take a photo and post it online because I, I know that I, it's, it's coming back to me that I did that for you, but I, I could not remember whatsoever <laughs> oh, what it was. It was a long, long time ago, like really early in our friendship. I think you might have. That might have been a Christmas gift. And you once got me um, Han Solo and Princess Leia towels that say, I love you, I know, on them. I still have those. I still, they're, <laughs> nice. they're up. We use them. Hey, you know what? Fair is fair. I forgot that I even did that. That's how <laughs> See, long okay, we've been friends. I don't friends. feel as bad, yeah. <laughs> don't feel bad whatsoever. No. So I would love to know how many of our listeners have st collectible Star Trek plates because my mom used to work <laughs> at a, a place. It was called JBJ's. It was just like a huge gift shop. It was just a year-round gift shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had collectible Star Trek plates, like super expensive ones. 
Oh, wow. And um, I remember going in and just like eyeballing them every single time I went to where my mom worked. And so this wow. this hit a really specific twinge of nostalgia for me seeing the plate. That is and cool. I, was I this in the 90s? To, yes. Yeah, okay. I remember the there were tons of collector's plates back then. And I didn't really care too much. I didn't understand why collector plates were a thing. Just, okay, <laughs> you're going to display them. And then what? All right. That's about it. Now, if I had a talking Tom Paris plate... I might get that just for that satisfaction. When um when he when Boimler brought out his box that had all of his plates, and he's got everybody from Voy, you know, not Voyager, Voy. <laughs> we gotta talk about this, the Voy. Yeah. I think this settles the score. This is the appropriate and canon version for Voyager. Yes. Larry Nemechek has fought for years that it's VGR because that no, was the wrong, very Larry. first. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think Larry, you're gonna have to concede. I love this visual, by the way, of the Jeffries tube. Just the way that it was drawn. Wow, that was really a good visual. It really was. And also, it kind of made you feel like, wait, which way is up? Like, which... A little like, disorienting. Where is the camera? It was disorienting in a cool way. Yeah, it worked. It did its job. So, we're about to get some really faithful uh, Easter eggs here. <laughs> Maybe not as much as last episode, but we're going to get a, a pretty hearty helping right here. Vic Fontaine. Yeah, I was just going to say Vic Fontaine. Now, who are the Zeblon sisters? Did Zebulon, right? I'm not sure. I'll have, to re- I'll have to research that. I Is that a new thing? Are they trying to make that a thing? I don't know. But, but also we saw slushies. A quirks, yes, we, we saw a neon quirk sign in Picard. Yes, so I think it's fair to say that he's got a whole franchise going now. Good for him. Good for him. I hope he's happy, making lots of profit. Oh, there's a Klingon in the back. TNG era. (laughs) Indeed. Now, Klingon Acid Punk, if there's not a band coming out within, say, I don't know, the next month that is purely Klingon Acid Punk, Star Trek, the fandom has failed. I just want to put that out. So what did you think about um, Mariner and Tendi being together for a mission? Well, didn't we just talk in the last episode about different pairings and how that was going to be a thing? Okay, we did. Yeah. So here we go. Here is our first taste of what this is. And I kind of do you like the angle of the fact that they don't really actually know that much about each other as they discover as they go on this mission? They think they did only to realize maybe not. I, I thought it was interesting. I feel like. I feel like some of it could have been left to the off-screen imagination where I it, it was it made me a little disappointed that just because we haven't seen them on a mission doesn't mean they haven't been on a mission, you know? Uh-huh. I was kind of hoping that this would be just an occasion where they get to learn more about each other, not learn that they don't know anything about them. You know th- what? I'm so other. glad you said that because that is how I really was hoping this storyline was going to go was they would be bonding and learning more about each other. Maybe you could make a note at first of, oh, you know what? We like maybe they have a misunderstanding or something and they just don't understand each other. They realize, you know what? We haven't worked together all that much. We're going to have to figure this out. They bond. They share an experience. They get closer. And I don't really feel like that happens here. It does, but it doesn't. Because the thing is, is like, even though, you know, Tendi and Mariner haven't been on a mission, just the two of them, they still spend all of their time together. They eat every meal together. They bunk together. They they (laughs) work in in the bay together, you know. Funny you say that because isn't that what Tendi says about Mariner and Boimler? You practically sleep in the same bunk. 
And I just love how disgusted Mary gets. <laughs> yes. Oh, also later on, um, when I, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but we finally established what the rest of the fandom thought and that they winked at to season one is uh-huh. that Mariner is pansexual. Yes. She has a type, but it does not matter, male, female, binar, what have you. Mm-hmm. Just she she likes the bad the baddies. Because they did, uh, like uh, McMahon did go on record to say that they feel like they dropped the ball on people's sexuality in the first season where they didn't really mm. talk about talk about it and they didn't showcase yeah. the diversity. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of romantic relationships except for maybe Boimler and his girlfriend. Yeah, it didn't it didn't really bother me bother me for the absence of it. But I'm very happy that they're going to move forward so that they can clarify more and we can get more diversity within the the sexual spectrum. Yes. And stop me if I'm wrong, but is Mariner the first pansexual main character in Star Trek? <sighs> Openly so, maybe? Openly. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I, I, I want to say yes, but if I'm wrong, hit yeah. me up on Twitter or send us a, a note. We'll give you information at the end of the show and let me know. Maybe I'm forgetting somebody. Well, there was Mirror. Um, oh, what's his name? I, I oh, um, Well, the, I'm not talking Mirror characters because okay, right. they, That's sexuality true. is kind of a different thing in the Mirror true. They're universe. They're all over the place in the Mirror universe. Yeah. So. I'm talking prime non-Mirror characters. Yeah. Human Domjot. <laughs> now, I did not realize that this is what Domjot was. Isn't that what they say it is later? Yeah, but we, but yeah, like, we saw them play it in TNG. Did we? Okay, yeah. I forgot about it. It's been a while since <laughs> I've watched TNG. I really need to refresh on my Star Trek. Yeah, in the episode Tapestry. Oh, okay, okay. Now, don't did you act think... like you remembered. Yeah. I'm, spe- I'm just messing with you. <laughs> did you think that uh, the whole subversion of this art, like not the artifact, but this thing that Dr. Ta'ana needs, were you genuinely worried that it was going to fall apart? Because I was actually displacing that on De Boimler's subplot with a Tom Paris plate. I was expecting that thing to break before the oh show gosh, was up. Oh my gosh, right? Oh, yeah. I love Tendi's no here. No. <laughs> that was really good. That was. <laughs> um, I think Tendi gives some of the best reaction voice acting. She's, <laughs> she's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I kept expecting the, the plate to break. Like, I didn't care about I mean, the uh The, the way he's post. carrying it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a plate. And then plate. he slams it's it fragile. at the end. Yeah. 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 So I was thinking it's going to go through all of this crap and then maybe he's going to hand it to Tom Paris for an autograph and it was just going to crumble to dust. I was so waiting for the, it. We have the introduction of Tom here. He's in the first contact era uniform, but still yes. a, uh, a still a lieutenant. Yes. Senior grade. I did a I little bit of them looking to up. At least give him like a commander, uh, a lieutenant commander pip. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. You're going to say you did some research. What's the time frame yeah. here? Three years. Because Voyager came back in 2378. This is 2381. He hasn't risen up any kind of a rank in the three years since coming home after a seven-year, almost impossible-to-get-home mission? Are you kidding me? 
Well, okay, so here's the thing, though, that I forgot, is that he was demoted, I think, in season six. Was it season six where he was... Temporarily, yeah. ...to an ensign, but then he was a lieutenant junior grade in season seven. So, three years okay. to get a promotion to full grade lieutenant. Okay, so, we'll give you a pass here, guys. So, okay, he's a full lieutenant, but wow, does that mean Tom Paris is the forever lieutenant of the Alpha Quadrant in the same way that Harry was the forever ensign in the Delta Quadrant? <laughs> I'm not quite I'm, sure. I'm thinking so. That's in my oh, head canon like, now. One thing that I wanted to talk about earlier, and since you brought up Kim, uh, like when he was going through the plate box and he was, he, he's like, I have everybody from Janeway all the way down to Kim. Just the way that he said <laughs> it. All the way down to Kim. By order of rank, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, was that a little bit of a jab at Harry? I think it was. I, I don't think it was a jab at Harry. I think it was a wink to the audience of like, like it, he was an ensign for way too long and we're in on the joke. So okay, this, that's is, fair. this is really funny to me, like all the different versions that come back. And if you listen very closely, like you hear what was going on with DePaul's haircut in the next <laughs> in the next ne no, in the nexus. It's always Christmas time. <laughs> I loved that one. That was probably my favorite. So freaking yeah. funny. Because if you think about it, it's kind of weird that Picard had this really old-fashioned kind of Christmas with a big family. Really? Okay. That's what he wanted? I guess. I don't know. His so the whole thing with Mariner getting the makeup, it, if it wears off so fast, dude, why didn't you put on another coat or something if you knew it was yeah. going to be quick? Like, yeah, why didn't you like, or like be quicker, like run faster or Tendi honestly could have just gone by herself. That's also true. But, but then we wouldn't have had the drama. Then, yeah. Girls trip. And, and yeah, we need, we need the drama. So they're going to do this together. But also if I'm Tendi, I'm thinking Mariner thinks well on her feet. And you want her. I, I really expected Mariner to make some sort of cultural appropriation joke. Like I, I really mm. did expect that. Speaking of which, okay, Tendi is not your typical or Orion, and this episode addresses that in and of itself. She's not like a pirate and whatnot, but her relative, who we're going to see fairly soon, right here, who mm -hmm. yeah, he does look kind of cute, right, <laughs> with that, with that hair, not quite a man bun; it's more of a ponytail. Nevertheless, yeah. anyway, I'm getting off track here. Uh, he is apparently into nefarious stuff he's your more typical orion so she's sort of pushing the stereotype and yet they're also reinforcing it in this episode how do you feel about that i think it's weird i didn't because they're showing that she has a past here she has a title she has rank she has clout and yeah. she knows how to use it i was really hoping that they wouldn't go down this route because in season one, they like they went out of their way to show that Tindy is different. Not be not just because she's oh I'm different for an Orion. It's no, not all Orions are pirates. Right. And to show that Tindy started off as a pirate or came from a pirate family to escape it, kind of just reinforces that stereotype. That's exactly what I was thinking, and it kind of portrays Tendi, therefore, as maybe the black sheep of the family, which could be an interesting angle. But I'm not entirely sure if I'm really thrilled with this revelation. Now, yeah. they could definitely save face with it with further development. But right now, it's a little disappointing. Got to admit. 
Yeah, I kind of wanted the pirates to be the black sheep, not Tendi, who is quote unquote normal. That would be pretty cool. That's what I was kind of hoping, that they would just be a small subsection of the population that's very powerful. But yet, yeah. Tendi came from the home world. And like we've seen her home world that looks very peaceful, very beautiful. Yeah. And non non piratey. And so <laughs> I wanted I wanted her to basically say, like, yeah, on Orion, it's it's friggin' awesome. It's great. It's a lot like Earth. It's peaceful. But we got these pirates that are screwing us over because everyone associates them with our name. Yeah. Well, maybe it's time for a revolution. <laughs> this angle. <laughs> no, this that, <laughs> point, point that was angle. looking through his legs. <laughs> yeah. Heck of a visual. I want to know how they decided and came up with that angle. And see, right here, um, Paris it has the wrong rank. Well, he's full lieutenant. But the thing is, he's in the wrong uniform. That's his Voyager uniform with the Voyager com badge. Yeah, so, yeah. So that I, means he, he should be a lieutenant maybe junior Maybe it's corn. Maybe it's corn. It could On be corn plate. now. Did you notice that the music swelling a little bit had some Voyager tones I to it? I didn't notice that. I, I totally that. did on this take. I don't think I got that the first time. Now, I did hear Boimler humming the Voyager's theme song. There was that. <laughs> before he bumped into the, to the door, which I loved. <laughs> it could have also just been my imagination, me wanting to hear what I want to hear. <laughs> Let's be honest. I am digging this outfit from, T- from Tindy, though. The Tindy, it looks good on her, not going to lie. Yeah. It's very Orion. So, okay, there's this, this is old, horrible movie uh, that had Matthew Perry and um, Chris Farley in it. And mm. uh, like uh, Matthew Perry got sick and they were in the wilderness. It was during frontier times. And so Chris Farley had to go get three eagle's eggs. Oh, no, he had to get one eagle egg. And so he went to go get it. And it was such a trial to get it. But yet he was so starving, he cooked the egg. And then he's like, okay, I got to go get that second one. And he kept like, it was crazy. And then he repeated. And then he finally got a third one and then made it back to camp. And then a person cracked it right in front of him. He's like, what? He's like, oh, I only needed the shell. (laughs) And you know what? That's the Dr. Ta'ana story. She doesn't want what's inside the box. She wants the box because cat. That is ex- like that is exactly what I thought of when um, <laughs> when when we saw that reveal. Now I was talking, but we missed Shaq's calling Rutherford Baby Bear. <laughs> yes, yes, his old nickname. It was very cute. I enjoyed that little callback. And okay, it's very subtle too. He's just kind of like Baby Bear. <laughs> it's kind of tender for Shaq's. Yeah, I I do hope that this isn't all that we learn about Shaq's and the fact that he's back. I want this to develop more because. It's still a little weird. I would like a little more detail. Like, I feel like they can keep expanding on it. And now that Rutherford knows whatever deep, dark secret this is all about, what might happen with that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's going to grow. You don't I think, think it's going to go is, anywhere? I think this is all we're going to get. Oh, I mean, I know there's a gazillion other wrong. things they can call back to, but I would like more. <laughs> I mean, Boimler does look a little bit like a Kazon here. He's got a bunch of grease in his hair. <laughs> it's pretty it funny. It is funny that like that's his reaction. 
He's just like, yes, ah! like he's having like a PTSD. <laughs> he's having a flashback because what in the world would a Kazon be doing in the Alpha Quadrant? As far as I know, there isn't slipstream like there are there is in the novels, and they're not making any contact with the Kazon. <laughs> and why would that's you? true? That's the true. They haven't established that. Yeah, in the in yes. the in the books, like they can go back and forth from the Delta Quadrant pre- pretty easily with yes. slipstream. Now, what did you think about the appearance of Tom Paris in this episode? Because they do give a reason as to why he's visiting the Cerritos, but I feel like this might be the most BS cameo they've tried to date. Yeah, this and I know I'm going to get hate for it. Vi- I'm sorry. No, this this cameo felt very unearned. Like, okay, thank was, you. There was it's really like, no reason we want for him to be Tom there. Tom Paris, let's get Tom no, Paris. I can't even remember the reason why he's why is he there. I, you know what? I don't remember. <laughs> they say it. on his very first appearance it's just some bs reason yeah it's very strange Uh, it's i don't understand why he's there i mean i love tom paris you love tom paris he's absolutely he's our favorite pilot of all time he's the best damn pilot you could ever have and of course i love the major callback it was a great sound effect but But he has no reason to be here he has no reason to be on the cerritos like at least with the Riker cameo, it was like they they referenced it at the beginning of the episode where like the only thing close uh, close to us was like the Titan or something like that. Yeah, and we're like, oh hey, that's Riker's ship, but they're like, oh they could never make it in time. And then the end of the episode comes and boom, you know, Titan comes to save there the day. There it is. Yeah, there's a reason. There's a plot reason for it to happen, but instead they have Tom there, and then the plot happens around that as opposed to making it motivated. Yeah. And that's the big giveaway is, <laughs> is that reason right there. So honestly, I think it would have been better. I to love just this visual. Tom. Yeah, I'm sure. You sorry do. to, sorry to cut you off with those eyes no, no. as they get so big. She's just so incredibly happy. Per, per, per. So cat. Uh, I appreciate that as a cat owner. You were saying. What I was saying was, I think it would have been better if we just saw Boimler with his commemorative plates and for some reason, he needed to go through the turbo lifts and he had his commemorative plates, but Tom Paris one was talking to him like that, <laughs> I think would have been a much better cameo for Tom Paris just through the plate as opposed and, to him being on the bridge. And honestly, before we got the preview for this episode, I thought that's exactly what it was going to be was talking yeah. to Tom Paris plate. And I agree with you. I would have been absolutely on board with that. That would have been great to talk him through whatever problem he was having and maybe tom paris is boimler's ultimate role model and what have you that would have been potentially a lot more interesting than what we did get not that it was bad not that i'm not happy to see him it's just it didn't make much sense yeah i'm I'm right there with you also mariner's checks in the brig (laughs) have gone up (laughs) (laughs) that's a weird tactic it's like to like whenever she does something bad or against the rules, brig, brig. Like I don't <laughs> remember that being Honestly, like that. Honestly, you know what? I think Freeman has just given up. She does not know what else to do because even the brig is not punishment anymore. Yeah, like oh, Mariner likes the brig. We also found out that Mariner served on Deep Space Nine. Oh, that's right. That's a really good detail. While Worf was around during his tenure there, so right. so we're talking later. We're talking like between season four and season seven because Worf yeah. 
chimed in at season four and left at season seven. Yeah, so I have to think that that had to have been fairly early in Mariner's Starfleet career. Wouldn't she be fairly fresh out of the Academy? I want to learn more. But I do love that Tindy was just like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. Like, I thought the Cerritos was your first ship because that's what all of us have been thinking for a long time. Well, I mean, like at certain times, because like, especially in season one, because she was an ensign. True, Um, true. Yes. But but like, even though the audience, you know, like had gotten um, some more backstory and about how she'd been knocked down. And we saw her in a first contact era uniform. We, you know, like we, you know, everything yeah. like that we actually saw in Deep Space Nine. Um, and so we know that she's had a past, but these characters don't like Boimler even said like, oh, we're, aren't, you know, aren't we the same age? And how could they be the same age if this is Boimler's first uh, ship and she's and- had high rank, but then knocked down and, you know, had multiple ships. And so yeah. t- that's why Tendi thought what she thought. And I love that they addressed it. And I also appreciate that they went to the effort of stating, having Mariner state, look, a lot of people just kind of come and go in this kind of a life. Developing friendships is just really not something I've done for a while. I keep it superficial, which yeah. I think says a lot about her character and her nature. And as we learn more about her past, and I hope what we do, we're probably going to learn more and more reasons for why that is. Let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a jam-packed episode. That a lot there was going a lot on. to that. Yeah. Uh of the first 3 episodes of this season so far, how do you rank them? Can you rank them? Oh, uh 2 2 3 1. Okay. I I think maybe and I don't know if this will change with rewatches or not. It might. I'm thinking 2 and then 1 and 3 are tied right now. Okay, so you liked the opener more than you liked this one. Not necessarily. I liked them both that. fairly equal. I said they were tied. <laughs> tied oh, for I missed, second I'm sorry. Place. I did not hear that. I did not hear that. Sorry. Yeah. I think I like them both about the same. Like this episode, we've discussed it has a couple of questions <laughs> that it brings up. <laughs> and the opener, it's not a bad story. It's just two really was knocking it out. That was oh very gosh, solid. Yeah. Now very that said, solid though, episode. this episode, I would say was maybe a little more fun. Sorry, Ransom, even though you were nearly a god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank yeah, you thank so you. much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe. Go to thenerdparty.com and, and check out all of our backlogged episodes. Also, check out all of our other shows on the network. We got other Star Trek shows, Star Wars shows, you know, Doctor Who. Uh, we got your old Babylon 5 show. We got so right, much stuff. On YouTube. Uh, you know, Harry Potter. We, we got something got for everything, everybody. Hey, guys. Everything and new content coming at you every single day of the week. So please check it out. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search the Nerd Party. You'll find us. And <laughs> uh, and yeah, so next week, episode four. Haven't seen a preview yet, but I know it's going to be interesting and colorful. It's it's going to be very colorful. And I do kind of, I'm getting a little more excited now for when they release the preview. Even We're not getting it right away. It adds a little bit of suspense. I'm kind of loving to hate the strategy right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until then, until next week, let's close the channel. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.